literary fans and welcome to episode 109 of Jeff Reads His Book. I am your host Jeff and today we're reading chapter 15 of Powerless, a book I wrote in a month. Well, if you want to get in touch with me, head on over to jeffreadsisbook.com. There's three ways to contact me right there. And while you're there, you can buy one of two books available for sale that I wrote and they're really bad. So if you've listened to the podcast, you've already heard those books, but buy them anyway, and then you can give them out as, like, prank gifts and stuff like that. What do you guys think? That's about the only use for them. You know, I felt like I was out of breath trying to say episode 109. It's getting long doing that. I don't know why. Maybe I'm just out of breath or tired today. Ah, who knows? I feel like I'm under a lot of stress. I got a lot of bullshit going on in life. None of it, like, related to you know, my work or anything like that. Just fucking nonsense. <laughs> I need everybody to stop bugging me. I mean, you can write into the show, jeffreadsbook.com. But um, yeah, I'm just getting frustrated with the rest of the world around me. They're very annoying. You know what I mean? Oh my God, now the phone's ringing. One moment, please. Oh my God, just freaking AT&T spam. Ugh, who would buy AT&T? That shit, that shit sucks. All right. What the hell are we talking about? Oh, I'm stressed out. And I still am, and having to take a spam call makes me even more so. Ugh. Yeah, it's just been... I don't know. I just feel like too much is going on. And just, you know, to, like, tack on a little bit more of the cars in the shop. Uh, not anything bad, but, like, you know, now I gotta, like, we gotta arrange our lives around that happening, too, for the day. That just kind of stinks. Uh, I don't actually have to go anywhere except to, like, a stupid meeting tonight, and that's going to be stupid, and that's part of why I'm stressed, because people suck. All right. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm just bitching too much. Why don't we get into this? I feel like reading this chapter is going to make me happy. Um, let's talk about it, though. Here we go. All right, so we're reading chapter 15. Comes in at a sweet 72 lines. So not too long, not too short. We're going to get some story, going to get some action. So I did write down excitement. The other note I made for myself, and I think this is pretty funny, because I did say say there was going to be, like, excitement in it, but I do not remember this part of the book at all, apparently. I don't remember writing this, whatever. I mean, uh, there's, like, an attack or what? I, I don't know what I want to call it, because I'm not actually sure what happens, but I was surprised by it. So we're going to have to see uh, what happens. I really just don't remember writing it. Isn't that weird? Yeah. It's a long book. Well, it's not that long, but <laughs> I mean, it probably seems long if you're listening to me read it. Oof. I know it seems long with me trying to read it. I don't know. Oh, well, what are you going to do? I just don't remember this section. So I guess it's a happy surprise that something happens. It's not just shitty dialogue and talk about filling out forms or uh, what else happens to this? Oh, them just having breakfast. That happens a lot, too, doesn't it? In my books. A lot of this focuses on eating in a group setting. <laughs> oh, well, I I can tell in this book because they have gone down to the canteen or the what did they call it? The commissary. Yeah, they've gone to the commissary to eat like once or twice. But I think in Offworlder, that was like a major like plot focus for the chapter and stuff like that. And this one, it isn't. So I guess that's nice. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know, whatever. Why don't we just go ahead and dive in to chapter 15. So for today's chapter, I am sipping on a nice glass of wild turkey, just the regular 84 proof, uh, on the rocks. I wanted a nice cube in it. It feels tasty like that, a little bit chilled, you know what I mean? It's a good after-lunch sipper, I guess is how I would describe it. And um, I've already started in on it, because as I said, I'm stressed. Ugh. Mm. Nothing like self-medicating during a pandemic. I'm going to say that this stress probably does like, uh, what do I want to say, kind of correspond to the, I feel like the pandemic's picking up again a little bit. And there's so much pressure on me to not wear a mask now that now I feel stressed out. Like, do I wear a mask for my health or are people going to make fun of me? The answer is yes to both, probably. So uh, that sucks. I got to go to a fucking meeting tonight. A fucking meeting for how long am I going to sit in a room with like 12 people for an hour and all of them breathing on me in a poor, poorly circulated... <sighs> you know, I have a vaccine in me, right? been a few months now and uh obviously i haven't got sick but i, I you know i i don't feel good about it <laughs> like going to a meeting i do not feel good about that and i'm very annoyed okay why don't we start reading huh i you know i should tell people i have this podcast and tell them to listen to this episode right that are at this meeting so they can all hear about how angry i am <laughs> henry Margot, and the wisp Remember the wisp, huh? Huh? I invented a mythical creature, unless that's already a thing, and I just didn't know that. Had followed Byron's instructions, and they stood on the outskirts of Jack Pond, waiting for their transportation. Margot produced more candy for Winter and Henry, who both took it smiling. Aw! When it was clear they would be waiting for some time, Margot found a rock beside to road and sat down, <laughs> exhausted by the day thus far. I like that it says, like, beside to road. It almost sounds like, uh, you know, I've had a few different brands of phones. So my iPhone, you know, it does like all the other ones I had before. It autocorrect my texts and emails and stuff like that. That seems like an iPhone thing to make it to road, beside to road. That seems like something it would do because it is easily the worst autocorrection I've ever seen in my life. I had a Windows phone. That was pretty fucking good. It was pretty good. It didn't compare to my BlackBerry, which was after my Windows phone. That's right. I went from Windows phone to BlackBerry, which was spectacular. Like that one clearly learned what the hell I was trying to type. So if I started a sentence with W-E-R-E, it knew I meant we're, you know, we are. It didn't think I was typing the red word were, or as an iPhone probably would think, uh, werewolf. So <laughs> I don't think the iPhone pays attention to me at all. It sucks. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Sorry. We're beyond that. Okay. But what I was trying to say was it does look like a shitty Apple autocorrection mistake there, but I wrote this on a Tandy model 102 laptop. So that doesn't exactly have autocorrect, you know what I mean? Let alone a network connection so they can phone home, home to Apple and said, hey, it said beside TH Road. What do you think that means? And Apple's little servers are like, definitely the word two. <laughs> okay, 
Margot watched with amusement as Henry questioned Winter endlessly. Okay, maybe I don't remember this because I was wasted trying to write it. Wanting to know everything about how and where she lived. Well, she lived in a fucking file room, you dumbass. What she ate, candy. How she slept, not at all, probably, etc. Winter, who seemed less anxious since they left the city proper, graciously answered all his questions, and she seemed to enjoy the attention. Margot was mildly surprised that they hadn't been followed, but she couldn't think of any way they would have known to do so. She didn't worry that people in Jack... She, oh, she did worry that people in Jack Pond might question the presence of Winter, but they now sat far from the fortress without any sign of pursuit. Perhaps they hadn't noticed the wisp missing. Perhaps they hadn't noticed the wisp was missing, she thought. Jesus, I'm bad. From within Jack Pond, a cart approached with a single horse driven by Byron. Yay, it's Byron, their preteen chauffeur. Mmm. Mmm, I'm having a little sip there, sorry. Margot sighed in relief. Shouldn't it be with it? I guess in relief. And stood up to wave. He was moving quickly down the road, pushing the horse hard. I would use a whip. I don't know about you. I wouldn't push him from behind. Don't they kick you? Margot grew concerned as he approached that perhaps there would be trouble. After all, ooh, spooky. I don't think spooky's the right word. Ooh, exciting. There we go. Byron, what's wrong? She asked as he pulled up in front of the two mages and Winter. He was breathing hard from the apparent effort of controlling the horse and cart at speed. I feel like they went fast when they came to Jack Pond. That's not fair. Okay. The magistrate's men are swarming around the city. They're looking for you and Henry and her, he explained, pointing at Winter. Her! Pointing at Winter. I'm making him angry at her, but I don't think... Yeah, yeah, I don't think he is. Okay. Okay, which way do we go? Margot asked the boy, deferring to his expertise. Wow, that's a... That seems fancy as a sentence. Okay. We should head east first. There is a road south a little way... Oh, there's a road south a little ways off that we can take home. Hopefully they won't have any roadblocks on that one, Byron said, looking towards the horizon. Are there roadblocks elsewhere, Henry asked? Yes. They're looking for a man and a wisp, Byron said. They don't know about Miss Lafleur. I thought he was calling her Margot. Eh, maybe not. We need to leave now, Margot said simply as she climbed next to Byron. Winter, you can ride with Henry if you want. What a bitch! So, Winter is like the guest here, and she's like, Hey, I'm taking this nice cushioned seat in the front. You can get in the back with my shitty boyfriend. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what? That is a real shitty move by Margot. Wow. Okay, I thought she was cool. Definitely not cool. I'll meet you at this southern road, Winter said, disappearing instantly. Wow, Byron said again. How fast can you go, Byron, Margot asked. She heard Henry groan as he sat down in the bed of Byron's cart. Ha <laughs> ha, he's gonna hurt his bum bum. Drinking break! You would think, since he was in, like, such pain, maybe Byron could have got, like, some hay for the back? Or a blanket or pillow. I don't know. What the hell do they have in the world of magic? I would think hay would be the easy thing to get. Although, I don't know. If you're in Jack Pond, 
Byron works lives on a fucking farm. He should have had hay for him. What an asshole. Byron and Margot both coming off as jerks. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. Henry mostly tried to hold on as Byron pushed his horse hard, first east, then south, towards their homes. Again, with the pushing. All right. I'm sorry. I'm just being an asshole. Winter would periodically reappear along the road as the rushed away from Jack Pond. I think that's a they. And it appeared that their escape plan had worked. There were no roadblocks along the way. Halfway to Byron's home. Anybody remember how far that was or where it was? Does anybody remember where it was? Sand. It was another his straw hill, I think. Oh my god, and that's why he should have some freaking hay in his cart for passengers. What a jerk. Halfway to Byron's home, the group stopped so that Henry and Margot could change. Oh, they're in magistrate's uniforms. Getting out of the stolen magistrate's uniforms. Some bushes beside the road offered enough cover that Margot and Henry could change behind them without Byron watching. Ooh, I think we have an error here, like a line feed typo. Okay. He's quite smitten with you, Henry said, as the pair stepped behind the roadside wall of vegetation. I know, Margot said, smiling and handing Henry a neatly folded pile of his own clothes. And just so we don't break his heart, you should head over there to change. Make sure he sees you. H.S. I don't know how you pronounce it. High school sees you. All right. He sees you. She pointed away from her before starting to unclasp the red cloak. Uh, Well, that implies they've seen each other nude. Oh, Jesus. Henry nodded. Was that that bad? I was kind of making, I don't know. All I said was, oh, Jesus. But that was more of a, like, um, I don't know. I feel like that voice is bad. Is that offensive? I feel like it's offensive. My bad. My bad, guys, if I offended anyone. I will, I, I'll offend you with my opinions and political views, but I don't want to be, like, mean to someone. That sucks. Unless you're a jerk. Okay. Um, Henry nodded and proceeded to find a more secluded location about 20 feet or so away. For all my European listeners, 20 feet is 20 feet. Figure it out yourselves, because you're using some fucking weird measurement system that you can't even divide by three. Come on, people. You know how many, uh, how you divide a foot by three? It's four inches, huh? Huh? What is a meter divided by three, huh? Or a meter with RE at the end? Pfft. Lame. Okay. Uh, after struggling with the cloak's clasp, while well, he's a clumsy idiot, he removed the magistrate's shirt and pants, leaving them in a heap on the ground. While he shook out the pants Margot had provided, Winter suddenly appeared in front of him. Henry, she said in a scared voice, I think someone is coming. Looking him up and down, she added, you look different. Damn it, he cursed quietly to himself. Is it the red people? Yes, she said. She's annoying, isn't she? She's not very, uh, with it. So if she doesn't understand clothing, is she not wearing clothing? Or I guess I picture her as being like this kind of like light blue, white kind of being. And she's wearing like flowing, I don't think robes are the right word. Like uh, almost like just strips of fabric everywhere that are flowing off her. That are also translucent. So you can't really make out 
like where they separate from her body, let's assume under there. But what well, maybe she doesn't understand colors. Like she thinks she's white because they're all her raggedy rags are white. And so that's kind of how I picture. And so she doesn't understand why you would have colored ones. I don't know. That's a stretch. I feel like, eh, this isn't great. All right. Okay. So apparently the wisp doesn't understand nudity. <laughs> wow. Um, okay, Henry said as he struggled to pull pants on while he looked around at the surrounding landscape, spotting what he thought was possibly a pond or valley surrounded by a handful of old-growth trees. I mean, ponds have water in them. Valleys don't necessarily. I mean, how is he confused? <laughs> okay, I'm getting very slow here. Let's keep going. Um... You know, I think this is in 72 lines. For some reason, I think I measured that wrong. It might be 120. All right. I want you to go hide by those trees over there. I'll come find you when it is safe. He fell on the ground as he attempted to point. Ha <laughs> ha, because he can't get his pants up. Climbing to his feet, Henry crept towards the bushes, abutting the road, keeping his head down. Glancing back, he saw that Winter had indeed disappeared. Trying to see through the bushes far down the road, he could see three figures riding hard towards Byron's cart. feel like we've used hard to describe horses way too much in this chapter. He cursed quietly. He hadn't expected them to be so close. He tried to button his pants. Oh, and the screensaver turned on. Okay, I'm going to have a drink. He tried to button his pants and think at the same time. Oh, I hear you, brother. But he was frustrated. Oh, he's probably going to catch himself in him, am I right? But he was frustrated to find that his pants did not have a top button. He looked for his belt, but turning momentarily back towards the road, he could see that the three riders were only a hundred or so yards away. He could now see that, I know, he can see, I get it, that the front rider was clearly a mage, and at least one of the rear riders carried a crossbow, which he held at the ready beside his head as a warning to the boy he approached. Oh, that's great. Way to get a preteen boy involved in your shenanigans, Henry and Margot, huh? Am I right? When he remembered that only Byron was on the road, he knew he had to act regardless of his current situation. Though Byron queen <laughs> I was going to say queemed. Though Byron seemed quite savvy. You see my problem there. It was too dangerous to leave him at the mercy of these men. Damn it, he said loudly this time, and stepped barefoot out of the bushes. Oh my god, he took his socks off for this bullshit? Wincing as his feet made contact with every uncomfortable bit of nature on the ground. I hear you, man, that sucks. The right <sighs> Who has delicate feet? That's like a discussion question, am I right? Barefoot walking? I can do that basically nowhere. I'm gonna say, like... My den is the only acceptable place for me to be barefoot. Everywhere else hurts a little bit. Especially because I have a cat who, I don't know, leaves fucking gravel all over my goddamn house when she shits. <laughs> bare feet. Now, when I go back to do these discussion questions, I'm going to see bare feet and just ask about your fetishes probably because I won't remember this. The riders halted their horses suddenly when Henry stepped out from the roadside underbrush barefoot and bare-chested. Ooh. Henry hoped his pants wouldn't fall down. 
He knew this exchange would go poorly because he was so angry at this point. Can I help you? Henry asked in an irritated tone as the riders approached. The lead mage looked at him confused. What are you doing? He asked. Well, I was changing, but now you've interrupted that, Henry said with his hands on his hips. Interrupted's really badly misspelled. Henry could see that he was visibly... Uh, what? Henry could see that he had visibly irritated the mage. Why are you changing here? Maybe you were changing out of a magistrate's uniform? His smile transformed into a sneer. No, I don't dress like an asshole, Henry said. (gasps) There's a child present! Don't use that language! The mage frowned, and the soldier with the crossbow lowered it towards him. I wouldn't take that tone if I were you, the bowman said. Drinking break! Do I have enough for a drinking break? I hope so. Mm. It's getting slim here, peeps. All right. Well, we can pause. I think we're going to pause this on this drink break. This on this drink. We're going to pause this drinking break. See, you can tell why I write such bad books with so many typos. Okay, let's keep moving. I got some more booze. My stress level is like through the roof. Let's keep reading this book. I actually am enjoying this podcast today. All right. Uh, boop, 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 boop. Margot rushed out of the woods, seeing that the situation was quickly getting out of control. Wait, 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 she yelled as she emerged and buttoned the last button on her shirt. She looked at Byron to make sure the boy was not scared, but his eyes were locked on her, his mind overpowered by his crush on her. Ooh, we like that last button. You know, I'm I'm with him. That's kind of fun. <laughs> Can we all just calm down for a moment, she said. I think there has to be some kind of mistake. The mage looked at her with a bored expression, then pointed at Henry. Turning back towards the soldier with no crossbow, he said, Arrest him. Margot started walking towards Henry. Why? she asked the mage. He hasn't done anything. Besides threaten me? Insult me? the mage said. He is wanted for questioning in in an attack on two of the magistrate's representatives. He may also have released a highly dangerous magical being. As the soldier climbed down from his horse, Henry said, I'm not going with you. This statement caused the bowman to raise his crossbow to sight him. (gasps) Another drinking break! That's fun. That was a quick section. (laughs) Yeah, I think I really got this mad, or like the number of lines wrong. Maybe it was 160. Fuck. If you move even slightly, my companion will make sure it is your last, the mage warned. The approaching soldier drew a long knife to defend himself. No, stop, Margot yelled. Please, let's talk for a moment. If you take another step, miss, the bolt will be for If you take another step, miss, the bolt will be for you instead, the mage warned, tilting his head toward the cocked crossbow. Margot froze, desperately trying to think how to defuse the situation. I feel like it should be like desperately trying to think of how i don't know there seems like there should be a word there henry might be able to stop the crossbow 
but she didn't think risking it would be good. Suddenly, Margot caught a glimpse of a woman on the horse. What? Suddenly, Margot caught a glimpse of a woman on the horse grabbing the crossbow before both the near apparition and the weapon both disappeared again. Good lord. Okay, so obviously it's the wisp showing up, taking the crossbow and leaving. What was that? the soldier cried. Henry sent a blast of crackling energy into the soldier approaching him, throwing him to the ground in convulsions. The mage on horseback was quicker than Margot expected, throwing a fireball suddenly down at Henry that Margot was just able to block with a quick shielding spell. The soldier, who had lost his crossbow, now drew a short sword and charged his horse towards Henry, while the mage on horseback launched attack after attack that dissolved Margot's shielding. But Henry could... What the fuck? Let's try that again, because I don't think this is a sentence. The soldier, who had lost his crossbow, now drew a short sword and charged his horse towards Henry, while the mage on horseback launched attack after attack that dissolved Margot's shielding that but Henry could block. But Henry could block. Just that's all it says. I don't even know what that was supposed to be. Henry squatted and rolled to his side just as the sword passed through where his neck had been. Margot launched a desperate but weak attack on the swordsman that luckily knocked him from his horse. Oh, burn! Back on his feet, Henry was engaged in a battle with the still-mounted mage, who looked to be concerned at this point. Turning back to the swordsman, he was now moving carefully towards Margot with his sword raised for attack. Henry, Margot called, backing away. Henry, Margot called, backing away. There wasn't that an exclamation. I don't want it to sound like she's helpless. Margot's a big girl. She knows what she's doing. Mm. Little drinking break. I'm a little busy, he yelled, sending another attack towards the horseman. He's not even on a horse. Stop saying that. Margot started whispering to herself, which the swordsman noticed. Oh, he is on a horse. My bad. The mage is still on his stupid horse. Margot started whispering to herself, which the swordsman noticed. He gritted his teeth and charged towards Margot. Before he was in range, though, she disappeared. Oh, right. It's Margot. He... She disappeared. She quickly moved to the side as the swordsman, perhaps realizing she was merely invisible started randomly swinging his sword. Make yourself known, witch, he called. Ha <laughs> ha. Leave her alone, Byron called from his cart. Stay out of this, kid, the soldier warned as he stopped wildly swinging his sword and took new interest in Byron. He started walking towards him as Byron hopped down onto the ground. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Margo's going to get this kid killed. Good stuff. <laughs> uh, boop, 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 boop. I got a page down. Margo quickly and invisibly moved behind the soldier and reappeared, grabbing his sword arm. 
Why did she bother reappearing? Don't you dare go near him, she yelled as she tried to wrestle the sword free. After his initial surprise, the soldier was able to throw Margot off his arm and onto the ground. Uh-oh. She could hear more sounds of Henry's fight behind her. As the soldier turned towards her, his sword pointed at her. Her, her, her. Don't make it all about you, Margot. Jeez. Don't make a move, he warned, or I can end this right now. In fact, I might do that anyway. As Margot started to try to scramble backwards on the ground, the soldier was blasted off the road and into the bushes. She turned towards the source of the hit and saw of the hit, source of the hit, I guess, okay, and saw Henry, looking quite shabby and a little bloody in spots, walking towards the soldier. As the soldier shook his head, lying in the bushes, he tried to stand and regain his feet, but Henry struck him with another blast of energy, pushing him back and stunning him again. As Henry advanced, he performed the spell a third time, and the soldier dropped his sword and went limp. Let me help, said Byron from above her, and she turned her head to find his hand reaching out for her. Ah. She took it and climbed back to her feet. Looking at Henry, she saw that he was now scraped badly in multiple places, probably from rolling away during the original attack. His rib injury, his rib injury, oh, that's right, he's not wearing anything. His rib injury was still discolored down his right side. When he turned back towards Margot, she could see that his chest had a black mark, almost like a burn, from some sort of spell that had hit him, she guessed. Ah, poor Henry. Are you okay? He asked, are you okay? He asked Margot. I was trying to make it girly, and that was wrong, because Margot's a fucking badass, and, well, she was kind of a bitch earlier, but I still think she's a badass. Mm. She saved Byron, that was nice. Are you okay? He asked Margot. When she nodded, he said, Good. I'm going to get dressed now. He trudged back into the bushes slowly. And that ends chapter 15. So that chapter had some excitement. Am I right, folks? Like, we had a run-in with government forces, right? The magistrates. And Henry was kind of a bitch, mostly because he didn't have a shirt on. He was walking around barefoot, which I can totally understand. I don't know. When I go outside barefoot without a shirt on, which is probably more than my neighbors would approve of, I don't think they're pleased either. And neither am I, because it's usually the morning and I'm surly and I just got up and... You know, but Henry is just trying to get changed and he doesn't have a chance and his pants are flopping open, probably going to fall down by his uh, knees. Well, although they didn't. So what do you guys think? Is he wearing like skinny jeans? I think he might be because they're staying up, right? I don't know if I wear, I have like, I have a pair of, you know, I, you know what? I don't give a shit. I have a pair of Wranglers that are a little bit stiff and they're a little big too and they're not the nicest, most fashionable jeans, right? But I also have a pair of another pair of Wranglers that are much more fashionable and a little tighter in, ooh, they're that like stretchy fabric. They're so soft. I love them. But uh, one would definitely fall down. The other ones are a little tighter 
and wouldn't fall down. If my fly and button was open, I think they'd stay up, even if I was in a fight. I should try that maybe this week. Like, well, I'm wearing them now, so I can't do it this week, but... Maybe next week after I wash them again, because I, you know, I don't like wearing dirty pants. Uh, but if I get in some sort of fight in my front yard with, uh, I don't know, the police, I guess, uh, we'll see if they fall down when I'm shirtless and shoeless. And what are you going to do? Unbuttoned at the pants. Yeah, that's exciting. I mean, so there was some excitement in this chapter. Uh, what do I want to say about it? Um Oh my God, I can't even read my goddamn notes about it. Oh, I thought there was a good amount of like chivalry in this. Uh, obviously, Byron tried to help Margot, you know, by being a big man, you know, at the age of 11, I'm guessing, or something like that. But, I mean, Henry did the real work in that. But I wanted to say chivalry, but that's not fair. I... I you know, chivalry is great, but I, I feel like it gets portrayed maybe a little too much as like a man helping a woman in need. Margot wasn't in particular need. She's a big girl who can handle herself. You know what I mean? But uh, she, I mean, she helped Byron. So, yeah, you know what I mean? That's that's chivalrous, but a woman doing it. And I think that's fine unless the word chivalrous somehow has some sort of like masculine meaning to it which i don't think it does i i it's just helping someone in need is that what it says webster's dictionary if i'm not gonna look i don't know uh, uh, uh yeah all right i'm just trying not to be sexist a woman can help a man and that's great and especially if she helps him because she's well, he's a man i guess did that sound wrong too that sounds wrong too i don't know what i'm trying to say I'm just trying to say helping people doesn't have to be like a sexist thing. How about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this chapter, I mean, they're fighting against the police who are trying to wrongfully arrest Henry, although he was being kind of an asshole. But still, I think you're allowed to be an asshole to cops, but this was some, like, social commentary in this chapter, don't you think? Highly applicable to the current atmosphere. That's right, folks. I'm not going to say any more. Because I'm going to get death threats and hate mail. So <laughs> let's move on to discussion questions. All right. I only have one written down. So we're going to have to see if another one comes up. So I wrote bare feet. Is that like a fetish thing? I don't remember. I'm just kidding. I do remember. All right. So uh, Henry comes out of the bushes in his bare feet, which sounds horrific. God knows what's on that freaking forest floor. Ugh. 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 Well, all right. Where is your, what, where is your, like, where's the line where you draw walking in bare feet? Like, where do you say, I'm not doing that this time. I will go find shoes. I will say, if I go out the front door of my house to get my paper, that's right, folks. I'm an old man. And I get an actual paper paper. Um, I don't wear shoes. I'll walk out the front door. It's all cement the whole way to the newspaper. So I'm not going to wear shoes. But, but if I got to go in the garage, ooh, I've got to put shoes on. It is fucking nasty in there. Or I'll put on shoes if I got to walk in the grass. Cause you know what? I've been stung by a bee in the grass. Cause bees are pieces of shit. What's your stance? Where do you draw the line? I almost want to wear them on the beach. Cause I'm like, I don't want to be on this this dirty ass beach. <laughs> I don't have like a good description, but 
I, um, I, I think last week, was it last week where I explained I don't want to be dirty ever? You know what I mean? I take a lot of showers. I don't want to get filthy rolling around in the mud and all that kind of crap. Well, I mean, that goes for the bottom of my feet, too. And it doesn't matter how awful they look because I've played soccer my entire life. That makes it sound like I'm good. I'm not good at soccer. I've just played it all my life. But so I have feet that are freaking mangled from playing soccer all my life. That's all I'm trying to say with that statement. That said, my bottom of my feet might be horrific to look at. Top two. But I'm still not into getting them dirty. I don't want them dirty. Ugh, gross. Yeah, yeah. So do you, what's your threshold for bare feet, huh? Yeah. And if you thought I was talking about a fetish, uh, yeah, whatever, that's fine too. <laughs> right into the show, I don't care. Nobody's going to write in. I'm pretty sure nobody listens, so. Uh, huh. Yeah. Uh, what's another, uh, What's another uh, discussion question? Anybody got any from this one? Huh. How about this? Have you ever have you ever been nude outside like Henry? There you go. How's, that's a question. <laughs> I'm going to say no. No, that's false. False, false. I call false. So when we'd vacation in uh, Cape Cod, Cape Cod has this cool, like... Uh, all right, I will say one thing that's cool about Cape Cod culture, because Cape Cod culture is fucking weird. Anybody who lives too close to a beach, a little bit weird. Okay, but Cape Cod culture is like all beach life all the time. I don't even know how they survive in the winter. But uh, what do I want to say? Like, all the houses in Cape Cod have outdoor showers. And I guess the idea is you want to get in the outdoor shower to shower off all the sand from the beach, right? That's the idea. So I've done that regularly forever, just forever. And uh, I don't remember. I assume I wore my swimsuit. Maybe not, though. And that's why I'm going to say I've been naked outside because I've been in outdoor showers before. And they're fun. So, you know, honestly, if maybe that's something I could install in my house here, just an outdoor shower, that'd be fun, right? I don't go to the beach or anything like that, but it would be fun to be naked in my backyard taking a shower. (laughs) I'm sure the neighbors aren't going to appreciate that, but uh, you know what? That's on them for looking. You know what I mean? Yeah. And who could resist this bod? Am I right? The lovely Laura, she's going to she's going to write in and be like, "Please stop talking about being naked in the backyard." Yeah. So, anywho, those are the discussion questions. If you have an answer to either and or both, it's just either or both, not and. I mean, there's only two questions, so it's either or both. Okay. It, or, well, you can write in if you have an answer to none, I suppose. Whatever. You head over to jeffreadshisbook.com. All one word, jeffreadshisbook.com, right? Well, the dot .com is a period and then C-O-M for commercial website. Because I'm in this to make the money, and I still haven't paid for this shitty microphone that I'm speaking into. Anywho, uh, if you have it over to jeffreadshisbook.com, Right there, there's three ways to contact me. You can hit me up on email at jeff at rainbow-100.com. And then you can hit me up on Twitter at Fortran Jeff. 
And you can hit me up on Mastodon. See, I mixed them up a little bit. At Jeff at Toot dot Rainbow dash 100 dot com. Okay, that's very exciting. So, for God's sakes, right into the show. I don't think anybody's listening. I'm just babbling out into space. And then I'm going to edit this. That's going to take like 10 minutes out of my day tomorrow. Maybe today. Maybe I'll edit today. Then I got to listen to the whole goddamn thing. It's not good. You guys listen, you know. And then, oh my God, I got to release it onto the website. And then I got to go check my stats because I want to, I want to feel, I want to feel acknowledged. I want to know that people are listening to me. Oh my God, my frail ego. Please tell me you listen. Uh, I, you know, I'll survive, whatever. Even if it's just Laura listening, that's cool. I feel like the Apple, like, uh, podcast statistics, they need a lot of data to indicate somebody listened, because I never see any. (laughs) Anywho, that about does it for today. So, until next time, keep on reading. (laughs) 